Good evening and welcome to Cheater and the Rude on the Progressive Radio Network. Before we get to the introductory music and uh, the nonsense, we got some good news, Cheater and the Rude listeners. The Rude Pundit is back. I swear to goodness, he, his voice, his opinions, his thoughts on current events will be in your ears in a matter of minutes. Not even minutes, probably seconds, because here we go. Boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom. Boom, boom. Introductory music. Boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom. Introductory music. That's what we are lacking. So let's tell you it's time for the show. Penis. This is Cheater on the Root. I'm Jeff Chrysler, author of the book Get Rich Cheating. And joining us in a second will be Lee Papa, the author of the Root Pundit's uh, blog and also another book. You'll hear all that introduction in just moments. Before that, don't forget to listen after this show or online to the final edition Radio Hour, which is also awesome, uh, and to visit all of us online, Twitter, at Jeff Chrysler, J-E-F-F-K-R-I-S-L-A-R, and at Rude Pundit, J-E-F-F-K-R-I-S-L-A-R. And without further ado, you know what? I'm going to give further ado. We're going to have a commercial break. Uh, This is from the final edition. And then when we get back, right into Lee Papa and Jeff Chrysler, also known as Cheater on the Rude. Guns for kids. G U N Z guns for kids. One eight seven seven guns for kids. Donate your guns today. Guns. Not a single responsible adult gun owner has been able to curb the recent wave of violence against our most vulnerable of citizens. The answer? More guns, of course. But this time, let's put them in the hands of the Americans that need them the most. One eight seven seven guns for kids. G U N Z guns for kids. One eight seven seven guns for kids. Donate your guns today. So go to one of our local gun drives, or apply for a shipping label online at www.gunsforkids.org, and send that Glock twenty seven straight into the hands that need it the most. The only safe child is an armed child. One eight seven seven guns for kids. G U N Z guns for kids. One eight seven seven guns for kids. Donate your guns today. For more like this, listen to the Final Edition Radio Hour on thefinaledition.com. We have another in our periodic, ongoing, regular, sometimes interview series with movers and shakers in the satire and other worlds. We don't really have any restrictions. This is just what we do, and it's always awesome. And you enjoy it or not. It's a free show, so shut up. Uh, joining me today is someone who actually joined us uh, not too long ago, and he was many years ago, uh, played Rush Limbaugh in one of our sketches quite effectively. Uh, he is the author of the blog's the Rude Pundit. Uh, he also wrote a book. Uh, what's it called again? Uh, let me guess. The Rude Pundit's Guide to Not Giving a Shit? Yes, on. pretty much. Okay. Rude Pundit's Almanac. The Rude Pundit's Almanac. And, as it happens, he and I, and I am Jeff Chrysler, for those of you that care, uh, we, uh, this election season, are doing something called Rabbling, which is on rabble.tv, R-A-B-B-L-E dot TV. We do live commentary of the debates, of the Republican debates, and he has a very uh, scarily impressive uh, Ben Carson. 
my uh, <laughs> my Bernie Sanders is also awesome, but he doesn't show up in the Republican debates anyway. Anyway, uh, please welcome back to the uh, Final Edition Radio Hour, Lee Papa. Hello, Lee. Hello, Jeff Chrysler. How are you? I am good. It has been a, a great week for humanity, hasn't it? My God, did you ever feel better about being alive than now? Uh, no, I I did not. I, I will say I uh, I still am more frightened by white Americans with guns and delusion than I am by brown foreigners with desperation and fear. Despite what happened in Paris. By the way, you may be listening to this in the future, and we're recording this uh, the week after the uh, show. We, what do we call it? the Paris massacre? Is uh, that it? you could say the terrorist attacks in Paris? The events of. November the 13th in... The Friday the 13th Massacre, if you want. If you want to get all ominous and, you know, CNN logo, you know... Is that what they're doing? The it's Friday like... the 13th Massacre! <laughs> Somebody somewhere has used, like, uh, Jason Voorhees' mask in a logo on the news network. Is he the Friday the 13th or Halloween? Friday the 13th? The fuck? You don't know pop culture that I much? I do, but a Hall- what was the Halloween guy? Halloween was Michael Myers. Oh, yeah, yeah, the guy from Shrek. Uh, Friday the 13th, someone somewhere has his mask, and it's like, and then like a spilled bottle of French wine. Anyway, that's when we're talking. Um, that is obviously a dominant issue. (laughs) Did you see the, uh, Charlie Hebdo? Uh, Yeah, didn't they say, you know, fuck ISIS, let's drink champagne or something like that? I thought the best part about the, I think it's their cover, was that it's actually one of the, the better, uh, the art itself made me laugh more than it normally does because it's like shows a guy holding champagne with like bullet holes and the blood spilling. Yes, out. yes, like a like a cartoon uh, animated cat or something. Yes, um, you know that be Pepe Le Pew should be involved in this somehow. That's right. There needs to be some Pepe Le Pew involved. You know what? I think Pepe Le Pew should date rape some ISIS members. Yeah, well, you I don't know, know that's what he wasn't doing in well, his original cartoon. Exactly. What was the name of the cat he was chasing, maybe? It was ISIS. That's it. It's, it's, it that's it. We should have it so that Papi Le Pew is chasing, sees an ISIS member mm-hmm. who crawls, who's wearing all black, but crawls under a, fe- a white <laughs> yes, fence yes. and gets a white stripe on him, and Papi Le Pew is just chasing <laughs> after him to rape the shit out of him. See... A lot of people focus on, you know, Sartre and, and other French culture. This is the French culture that really make a difference because, honestly, what is a driving force behind a lot of extremism? Sexual frustration. And here so you you're go. So say, you're saying that the then, that the then anally violated uh, ISIS member... They would have shame, but they'd be satisfied. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then Pepe Le Pew would live up to his name. <laughs> You know, pew is actually, <laughs> it's actually the sound French guns make when you shoot them. Pew, pew, pew. So oh, wow. I was quickly wow. moving on from your more olfactory reference <laughs> to Pepe's anal raping of ISIS. Um, <laughs> so I guess that answers my next question is, can you laugh about the events of September 15th or you, whatever the day was? You can if it involves, you know. Cartoon, cartoon rape. Cartoon <laughs> rape, exactly. And I feel like, you know, there are times when rape jokes are appropriate. And, you know, raping members of ISIS to me is an appropriate thing. Yes. I, I, mean, I, I, I mean, again, I don't believe that, you know, a state should, that they should be ar- arrested and subject to torture or prison rape or right. anything like that. But if they happen to be raped and you see a report 
hey, the head of ISIS was raped today. You're not going to be like, oh, that sucks. Like, Ben Laden was killed. Like, yeah, we shouldn't kill people, but there's a guy that should have been... That, I'm not... Don't feel that bad you about know what? I'm not. You know what? I'm going to give people a pass on that one. Yeah. I'm going to say you shot Ben Laden in the face. I'm a liberal. I don't believe in capital punishment. Yeah. I'm going to say you shoot Ben Laden in the face, and uh, I'm okay with that. Maybe he was... Some people just need a shooting in the face. Yeah. And I think ISIS needs a raping in the butt. Yeah. Or anything, but can you – here, that's an important question. Unlike bin Laden where there's one person, mm-hmm. can you kill an ISIS or is it simply a matter of cutting the – what is it? The cutting the head off the snake or the worm. I mean essentially even if you wiped out every active member of ISIS, you've then wiped out the brothers. You've killed the brothers and fathers of future ISIS members right. who are going to say right. America or Frank killed – the West killed my – Person. Right, exactly. You're not going to bomb your way out of it. I mean, we we know we know this. It's, it just seems to be a lesson that uh, that that a good amount of the public doesn't seem to get. Which I wonder. Okay, you know, we obviously have talked a lot about the campaign, and not, let's not get too thick in the deep in the woods. But to the candidates that are now coming out with, you know, we're not going to let any refugees into our borders, or let's go bomb everybody. Like the not just the the crazy people online, but the actual like candidates for president and and governors of states. Do they not realize that what they're saying is counterintuitive and, you know, the argument of refugees are actually running from ISIS? Is that, now, do they not get it or are they playing to an audience and they're willing to take the risk that they need to just get the support? I think that they are playing to an audience. And to me, you know, I, I actually love what President Obama said yesterday, which is essentially, God, you guys are such pussies. Uh, you know, he didn't say it quite that way, but really that's the whole thing is you sit there and you tell me, oh no, I can't let the Syrian refugees in, not even a three-year-old orphan. And, uh, and, and, and I'm going to say you're a pussy because you see what you're saying then is what you're saying is it is better for tens of thousands of Syrians to go back to a place where they're probably a good number of them are going to be killed. Or radicalized. Or radicalized. And instead of taking the risk that maybe (coughs) one or two of these these, uh, refugees, which, by the way, there's been no proof that any of the... What suicide bomber makes sure to bring their passport? Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, and go through an 18-month to uh, two-year period of of, of background No more obvious a plant than it's a Syrian passport. But but, but I think it's just, it's sort of like, it's sort of like a pretty shitty thing to do to say, oh no, five or six of our precious American lives might end up being killed, so let's send back tens of thousands of Syrians and they can go fuck themselves because, you know, our white lives or our American lives are so much more important yeah. you know it's it's like i i just i don't want to be that kind of pussy i'll be a pussy about other things i don't want to be the kind of pussy that tells a three-year-old orphan like chris christie did to go home right. especially when you know the republicans in particular it's coming from the republicans and i haven't done the research to say that it, no democrat but the republicans put themselves as the tough guy cowboy party but yet they're wi- unwilling to take these risks and, and let me ask you this question or unless you have a response to that. no go ahead um I cannot help, and maybe it's just the times we're in and the other recent events, I cannot help but comparing this to American gun violence. Maybe that's petty of me to be, be hung up on it, but what are the – I mean the real threat that still to Americans, you're more likely to get shot just minding your own business in a parking lot or a church or a school or a theater by an American with a gun than, than a foreigner. 
And I believe the attorney general, some elected official in some southern state came out and said, we can't have immigrants because it's too easy for them to get guns here. It was actually a legislator in Texas named okay. Tim Dale. Boom. Tim Dale, uh, it's a district just north of Austin. Not a bad little area. Uh, sure. Um, it's sort I've of been a, north of Austin. Yeah, it's, a, it's sort of a, it's a suburb, really, of you know, middle, upper middle class white people. And uh, yeah, he said, he said, what if, you know, if somebody is allowed in and can get a driver's license as a refugee, then all they need is that driver's license to be able to buy a gun. And guess, guess which Texas legislator is one of many Texas legislators, but guess which Texas legislator in, in, in particular supported every law that uh, took away any restrictions on gun purchase or ownership or carrying? Um, Pepe Le Pew? Not Tim Dale. Oh, Tim. Tim. Do you even need a, gu- uh, a license to get a gun? Or can you just, like, have arms and you can get a gun? Well, uh, you know, well, you're assigned one when you go to Texas. Uh, a yeah. gun? Yes. Yeah, it's it, it's amazing the level of, like, look, there's no easy solutions, and I won't claim that I have them. I do, I just won't tell you. But, like, the level of lack of thinking through well, that's not the word the level of like hypocrisy or just like lack of self-awareness try to make it an immigration issue when it's about when you're also folding in a gun issue it's like we don't want people to come here and take advantage of the stupid ass laws that we have we need to have stupid ass laws like how you can literally go minute to minute and contradict yourself and what's frightening to me we talked about this long ago like the whole notion of building this frankenstein monster mm-hmm. that the republican or the right has done by embracing ignorance is now I don't know the answer to whether or not these leaders are just playing to an audience or they really believe that way. Like Ted Cruz, clearly playing to an audience. Uh, Bobby Jindal and Rick Santorum, I think, actually believe the crazy shit they're saying. I don't think we have to talk about Bobby Jindal anymore. Oh, no. I'm so sad. I never really got a chance to. Yeah, you know. Did you see uh, a speak? By the way, this is all framed in brilliant satire. Um, you know Harry Kondabalu? Is that how you say his name? You know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, he's a comedian. He's a very funny guy. I didn't say his name right. Uh, but he had a tweet. He said, uh, this is now the second time oh. that Bobby Jindal has quit a race. Yes, I did see that. <laughs> that was brilliant. It was well done. Um, so, to frame this again uh, in satire, obviously we've been discussing the issue. There's been quite a many laughs. I'm sure the most of our listeners have had to rewind to hear the things because they've been laughing over it. Um, what is your What is your – do you have a too soon filter? On something like a tragedy? Too soon about what? About Meaning mocking, like... I mean, what am I going to do? Am I going to mock, you know... Uh, the French people that went to the theater? No, but... No, but... You know, if you want to know where the opportunity to make a joke was, there was a brief window of opportunity where you could have made a joke about the fact that the band in the theater was the Eagles of Death Metal. <laughs> but that, as soon as 89 people were killed, <laughs> you sort of lost that chance. So wait, when was the window when you first when heard, you first heard there was a hostage crisis? And you're like, ah, it'll be fine. It's the Eagles of Death Metal. Ha ha ha. Yeah, that would have been dumb. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but but I mean, I, I don't even know. The only thing to satirize are the uh, well, you could satirize the asshole politicians, or you could satirize the asshole ISIS members. Either way, you know, you're still satirizing the same things you would have satirized. Prior to the event. Yeah. You know what's what's interesting when you talked earlier about Republicans sort of being pussies is the French have shown what I would consider an incredible sense of humor about it or a sense of like like they the response. Could it be a sense of joie de vivre? 
No, I think you would just call it a joie de vivre. You wouldn't say sense of. See, I didn't give you the satisfaction of letting your. No, I know. Out. I had this great little point. And, well, edit. Well, you know what? Later on, I'm going to put in somebody else anyway. So, um, <laughs> you know Probably what I mean? Like, like I sometimes wish like Obama's attitude is sort of similar. It's like, you know, we can't let them. Like, don't be, don't react, don't like ruin your life because of this one thing. That's what they want, right? Um, and again, like, I, I very much am feeling a flashback to post nine eleven of this massive wave of taking up arms, attacking innocent Muslims. Let's go kill them all. That's like you are missing that. That's actually what they want. Yeah, is they want that reaction so that it can be a holy war. Like, don't give them the satisfaction. Right. I mean, no, don't, like, let down your guard. Like, still, like, watch out for suspicious shit. But don't go, like, in attacking Joe's uh, barbershop. I don't think that a lot of people named Joe that run barbershops are, are Muslim. Muslims, yes. But Al they Joe. could be. <laughs> Al Joe's barbershop. Al, Al Joe Zira. Al Joe Zira. The uh, new network of barbershops. That's it. Uh, yeah, I you know, and that's that's another thing that you can easily mock are the way that is the way that all these people do go off so half cocked so quickly. I mean, how fast? I mean, and there's liberals jumping on this bandwagon too. I mean, maybe maybe you know people that we generally think of as being liberal, like uh, you know, there's Chris Saliza in in, in the mm-hmm. Washington Post saying saying mm-hmm. you know maybe we need to think seriously about how. Uh, how we have this debate about uh, about refugees, and uh, you know, it's just all of this. There still is this chance out there for people to fuck up, and I think that those fuck ups are where we jump on them. What about how do you, how do you deal with the terrorists themselves? I mean, there was this whole like discussion in the debate: like, is it radical Islam? Is it just terrorism? Is it just you know guys that are their lives have been fucked and now they're have anger issues. Like, like how do you not, not so much what do you call them, but how do you make fun of them? I mean, Charlie Ebdo is, I would say a relative extreme in approaching them with the fuck you. Here's a picture of Muhammad getting blown or blowing, you know? Uh, yeah, but like, t- t- and I think we talked about this before. Actually, what's funny. I think the last time we did this was right after Charlie Hebdo. Well, we talked about Charlie. That was a more broad, general how do you deal with stuff discussion yeah. I, okay it's so fine only when there's French tragedies uh, speaking of Charlie Hebdo that was uh, that's my boss Tony Hendrick calling to see what the fuck's going on anyway go ahead <laughs> no, so uh, you mean how do you mock uh, terrorists yeah like uh, particularly with a, sen- a sensitivity towards not all Muslims if you will like well, that's why I think that uh, you you could certainly you know it's easy to mock sexually re- sexually repressed, ultra violent goat fuckers, and uh, and I think that that the other thing to mock are <laughs> makes me makes me someone I wish someone would design a video game that was just like sexually repressed guys and they went around and they were like the goal was to like fuck a bunch of goats and like the more goats you fucked like the less repressed you got like you'd get your hair cut you'd like get a suit and a job at the end and then that's you'd it. fuck a real person that's it that's it that's the way it should go okay you got you got to work your way up you've got to evolve in what you're fucking you go okay. from goat to donkey. You know, well, you know, hopefully you don't put, you know, young boy somewhere in the middle there, but uh, you might. I'm not comfortable (laughs) answering that question. All I know is so far today uh, in our discussion, we've 
shut up the phone. So far in discussion, we've designed a video game and a Pepe Le Pew cartoon to solve uh, radical Islamic well, violence. I, okay, okay, but you know there is something to be said, and, and you know we're not the first people to say this that so much of uh, of violence due to religious fundamentalism has to do with the sexual repression that um, that fundamentalist religions impose on the followers. I mean, what do we, what, you know, we have that with Christianity too. I was about too. to say, the church, have you seen uh, uh, Spotlight? No. Okay, I saw Spotlight. Does, uh, you don't need to see Spotlight to know that, like, the churches... Don't spoil it! Uh, don't spoil it. <laughs> yeah. There was a scandal in the church, Lee. Surprise! Ah! Um, you don't need to have seen the movie to know, or at least have a feeling, and that, like... So much of the pedophilia issue in the church or the cause of the actions, if not the church cover-up, was about like imposing abstinence and imposing sort of these strict, rigid right. sexual rules. You know, not not to get a little – not to get too intellectual here, oh, but God. you know, Michel Foucault had this sort of nailed down, you know, uh, 50, 60 years ago where he was saying that, that, that these – these these systems exist to repress the sexuality and the bodies of uh, of people, whether that's state systems or uh, or religious systems, and that we design things in order to isolate and uh, and control the body. And what's the best way to control a body? Well, you promise it that uh, you stay pure, you stay a certain way, you you avoid uh, you, you, all sexual sexuality outside of uh, of of marriage. Is either sinful or you know makes baby Jesus cry or mm -hmm. uh, then what are you going to do because of that? What are you going to do to defend that system that promises you right. that you can have sex at some point, but you have to honor this system before you get to have sex? I'd say you'd kill people. Yes, that's what you'll do. Well, you uh, know, semen backs up to your brain. It does. Um, it goes right to that violent area in your brain. That is why uh, I have dangling earlobes. Um, all right, Lee, this has been uh, – that was a loud clap. I looked at the meter. Uh, this has been a, a lovely discussion, which I wish we could continue forever, but time prohibits us from doing that. Uh, do you have anything besides our rabble.tv that you'd like to promote? No, I feel like we should get into a sex therapy business, though, after this. <laughs> yes, I will dress up like a skunk, <laughs> and, and you just have a one can of white paint. And, That's and it. They come in the door, and I'll take care of the rest. Wow! So you're offering to rape ISIS members <laughs> yes. for the good of humanity? Yeah, I, I am. Wow! You I know mean, what? And don't let it, don't out there. Don't think just because I'd be a top that I'd be like enjoying it. It would still be a difficult <laughs> thing for me. No, like, and the I, fact <laughs> the fact that you're a Jew doing this. It's it's really putting myself out there. That is icing on the cake, as they say. Icing on the cake. Oh, nice. And with that, nice. uh, I think yeah, not nice at all. Uh, that I thank uh, Lee Papa, author of the Rude Pundit blog, uh, rudepundit.blogspot.com, and the book, which I'm not going to mention again. Uh, this Twitter, Twitter. I'm on Twitter. What's at, your Twitter? At Rude Pundit. At R U D E P U N D I T. Check him out. Uh, he's lovely, and uh, so are you. We take you to the first news conference of the 45th President of the United States, Ben Carson. Uh, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. The way I understand it, the President is supposed to come out here and tell you something about what he or she is going to do and then answer questions. 
But to be perfectly honest with you, I'm right in the middle of my book tour, so I haven't really had a chance to do any president stuff lately. But I'll be glad to take a few questions, as long as they don't involve anything I said or did 50 years ago or before 9 this morning. Anybody? Mr. President. Mr. President. Mr. President. You, sir, the liberal in the green jacket. Thank you, Mr. President. I think you mean Dr. Mr. President. Dr. Mr. President. You've been in office almost two months, but there's a pervasive feeling in Washington that you already seem tired of the job. Would you care to address that? Well, you see, this is why I haven't had a news conference sooner. Because you people in the media twist everything I say and do just to try and distract me from whatever it is I'm supposed to be doing. Well, sir, with all due respect, from the moment you took office, you've seemed distracted, as if being president were just an annoyance. Do you even want to be president? That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Now, I really am annoyed. Do you think I would take a job I didn't want to pay such a lousy salary? So, can you explain, sir, why you haven't even moved into the White House yet? I just told you, I'm in the middle of a book tour. It was planned way before the election, and there's nothing I could do about it. But aren't things like health care, the economy, education, or domestic security more important? You see, this is what you people in the media do. You try to dictate to ordinary Americans what's important and what's not important. Sir, don't most Americans think those issues are important, too? Of course they do. But they also want a signed copy of my book. Sometimes two or three copies with personalized inscriptions. And I was elected to serve all the people, not just a room full of atheists who get my books for free. Dr. Mr. President, obviously you're a busy man. But can you give us any indication of when you'll actually be moving into the White House? I don't think you would have asked Barack Obama when he was going to move into the White House. I guess when a liberal becomes president, he gets a free pass. But because I'm a conservative, you put me under a microscope. Well, sir, President Obama moved right in on January 20th. Well, that's certainly the story that's come down to us over the years, I know. I guess if you repeat something long enough, people will call it the gospel truth. Yet, no matter how many times I tell you I attack my mother with a hammer, you refuse to believe me. I'm telling you I was a sociopath. That's why the American people made me their president. Mr. Dr. President. Excuse me, that's Dr. Mr. President. Dr. Mr. President, as you know, the leaders of Congress have been in a panic for months because you refused to meet with them. This is by far the longest any newly elected president has gone without sitting down with the Speaker of the House, the Senate Majority Leader, or anyone except his literary agent. Don't you think this is a very unusual way to begin a presidency? That is such garbage. I've been in touch with all of those people for weeks. Haven't you ever heard of something called email? Still, sir, I think the American people would like to know what's taking so long. And I will answer your question if you'll just let me speak for once. Of course, sir. I was just trying I to find out... I asked you to let me speak. You let Barack Obama speak... Thank you. Now, the reason for the delay in meeting with the members of Congress is, since I was elected, I've been doing such a great deal of research into congressional matters, which was absolutely necessary if I was to do the best possible job as president. And that research will continue. What are you researching? How a bill becomes a law. What about assembling a cabinet? Any timetable yet? Do you know how many cabinet members there are? It's a lot. And they all have different jobs. And all the jobs have different names. This is why the federal government's too big. Because there's too many people, and you don't really need any of them anyway. Sir, why don't you think you need a cabinet? I'll explain it to you. We've gone two months without a secretary of the treasury, correct? Anyone have trouble getting money from your ATM? I didn't think so. 
I'll take one more question. Uh, sir, sir, is there any truth to the rumor that you'd like to resign, but you don't want Vice President Huckabee to take over? No. That is absolutely ridiculous. That is the most ridiculous lie I've ever heard. Well, what about that surreptitiously shot video on CNN last night of you saying that exact thing? You see, that's the double standard I'm talking about. The liberal media takes video of something I said, plays it on CNN, and immediately... Everybody thinks I must have said it. So you deny that you want to quit being president? Don't twist my words. This is just another lie. How can you blame me for hitting this whole president thing when you just keep twisting everything I say? Sir, why would you run for president if you didn't want to actually be president? That is such a stupid question. I ran for president because I didn't think I was going to win. Well, thank you all very much. Uh, Mr. Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President. 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 Mr